I didn't have a job. So I basically had a friend that said to me, I'll oh, just dress up in black clothes, go out on a Saturday night, go into a busy bar and ask them if they, they need a job. So I dressed up in a black t-shirt and black trousers and black shoes. Uh, yeah, they said, can you start now? Um, and at that point, there was a big bucket of money on the bar every night and we'd pour out and we'd all sit there with a the staff beer and divide up the money. And um, Tips have been important for me ever since. This is James Brown. James is the MD of the retail bars in Brewdog and he's gone from wanting to become a biochemist or a professional cyclist to climbing the ladder in one of the fastest growing hospitality businesses in the world. In addition to that, and because he wanted a second, more stressful job, James founded a technology business called Tipjar. Tipjar handles tip management for staff and businesses, and it gives guests confidence that all tips go directly to staff members. I started by asking James, in a career of big steps forward, what was the biggest step up? Ironically, the one I thought was going to be the easiest was the hardest where I used to watch my area manager, so I ended up becoming the general manager of that of that venue that I was a bartender in. Um, I used to see my area manager come in, and I think, oh, I was just trying to drink coffee all day, so it looks amazing, it looks like a really easy job. Um, anyway, I became an area manager, and um, yeah. I was blown away at how much how much harder it was <laughs> than I thought. And um, I actually made loads of mistakes when I went from GM to area manager. Um, I just tried to be the GM of the eight sites I looked after. Yeah. I ended up annoying every GM that worked for me and like tried to do it better or get them to do things away. And that was probably a year of learning for me where I realized that in reality, I realized that a job of an area manager is much different to a GM and leading teams from a distance is actually really hard. And translate that to 10 years later where I'm opening a bar via Zoom in in Shanghai, it was a learning curve I really needed to go through. I meet people all the time, GMs who want to be area managers and they think I'm gonna be an amazing area manager. And they may be not because they can't make that leap. Um, I, I also probably went through a stage where I used to get really straight like obviously I know run bars around the world often people ask me how do I sleep well I don't really sleep very well because at any one time we've got a bar open and trading yeah. around the world so I get text messages I get I get inbound stuff and I, I enjoy that I enjoy being connected into into the uh, data and infrastructure of the business and seeing that data come in but when I was younger and being an area manager uh, and I had one time zone to deal with um, I used to get really stressed and a boss at the time a guy called Stephen King who, who on G1 said to me one day you look really stressed you're like you're gonna have a heart attack and you're only 28 and I was like yeah I'm just and it kind of like something that's that stuck with me and I was like god I shouldn't be this stressed about a job that I really love and um I still loved it at the time but I was probably just um I was probably living and breathing the job a bit too much over the six years that James has been there, Brewdog has grown from a handful of sites to over 50, now with international locations from places as diverse as the USA, Shanghai during COVID, India and Korea. I asked James why he felt Brewdog had grown so quickly. But I think the, the key one was ambition. Yeah. Uh, um, when I joined the business, it was like, after like week three, it's like, how do we put a bar on the moon? You know, it's like yeah. that genuinely we want to put like, if, if money and time and resource was no constraint we'd be opening bars everywhere in iceland we've got bar in reykjavik where mm-hmm. a local craft beer fan wanted to open a, a bar in reykjavik it's iceland so it's very expensive for a beer <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, but it is an incredible bar team are passionate uh, food's amazing um and they're just so engaged with the local community we opened a bar in shanghai during covid no one's been to it yet we can't get into the country mm-hmm. yeah and it was a, we were in a kind of tough situation where um, we'd signed a lease in Shanghai, which is, uh, you can imagine, the rent's not cheap in Shanghai. 
um, and um, we found ourselves in a situation where COVID happened and they were open and we were closed. So while everyone was kind of not yeah. really doing much in the UK or what, we were actually, our team were quite busy on Zoom and laughter along the way. Like there was a point where we were trying to explain to Chinese staff members what a quiz was and um, and they just did not understand it. They did not. So, so a pub quiz and they so you finish work after work and you go to a pub and um, you do a test and they were like, well, you finish work and you want to relax and you do a test. Like, well, it's kind of like a test, but it's a fun test. And it was like, and it was a kind of like, really kind of like, we went yeah. on for like 10 minutes and then all of a sudden one went, ah, who wants to be a millionaire? We're like, yes, who wants to be a millionaire? Because that's, that was their frame of reference. Um, there's a lot of debate of where we want to open bars. A lot of people want to open bars in places they want to go on holiday in, in, <laughs> inside BrewDog. Yeah, no um, kidding. In particular, uh, I've probably got a list of people who've said to me inside the company, oh, I really want to come to the Vegas opening that I probably won't be able to fit any customers in. Whoever it might be in, like, it's an exciting project and we're excited that our staff get excited about what we're opening. Um, and the more we can do that and the more we can excite customers with not just where we open, but how we open them and the type of experience. So we're just about to open in Waterloo, for example. It will have a duck pin bowling alley, which is kind of short bowling alley lane. It's going to have a slide. You can slide between floors. It's going to have an ice cream van inside. Being in a business growing that quickly and transitioning from small to a large company is extremely tough. I asked James what the hardest part of the journey at Brewdog had been. Incredibly difficult. Um, uh, the hardest thing... Uh, that's a really difficult question. The hardest thing is probably um, along the way um, making sure that everybody is looked after and happy in the team um, I think that has been probably the biggest learning we had a year where a bricks and mortar business grew 100% one year for example yeah. that's like so you literally double the size in your business um, and that is difficult um, and people talk about culture um, I feel like culture is forged on a path like you work as a team on, on projects or you work as a team as a business on achieving something and making sure that the team make the right decisions and look after look after everyone was probably the biggest learning. And I think that would I go back and change anything we did? Um, I don't necessarily think I've got one thing I would change. COVID changes all, right? Like sure. everyone was more aware about loads of things after COVID. Um, but to say, I, I certainly would have tried to do things better. And um, But we achieved an incredible thing growing the business. Uh, a guy who was assistant manager of Newcastle four years ago now runs Australia and Asia for us um, yeah. and um, is opening a bar in Sydney this year, is opening a bar in Melbourne this year. Marriages have happened. Like I'm so passionate about um, uh, about all the individual small people stories that have happened along the way um, that probably wouldn't change anything we did purely based on um, the great stories that have come out. James also founded TipJar, the revolutionary tip software that brings transparency to the way we tip. Spearheaded by their first and biggest client, BrewDog, TipJar is capable of handling any number of sites to deliver clear and transparent tips by your customers to your staff. It's no wonder that TipJar increases the number of tips your staff receive in this competitive hiring environment. The process of how you give a tip is changing. Um, however, I often meet people from various different countries. I tend to talk to people about tips a lot. You'd be, you would be surprised. And every, everyone other than Americans say, my country hungry. We don't tip in Hungary. We, I get everyone that's... They, they, yeah. they almost compare themselves to the US all the time. Um, what I would say about the UK is that, especially in that kind of traditional Rover's Return, Queen Vic type environment, um, local pub, the amount of time someone say one for yourself 
it yeah. was ingrained in our culture. I remember working at a bar and people would say one for yourself and you would literally line up four or five shots at the end of the night. I mm. don't think the, the modern employee wants to do that. So the idea of like tipping as like a, um, an American invasive species that's, that's crashed into our European, yeah. you, you think that's a bit of a... I don't think that's true. I think that tipping to the, the level, so obviously in the US staff members is pretty much expectant of a 20% tip. Mm-hmm. I think in European markets, a tip comes when you've had great service. There are those who would say that tipping in the US actually enables that two, two three dollars an hour low low yeah. wage. Like it's it's actually you know the or a, or a kind of European style complaint I kind of hear about tips is like mm. oh we should all just have high salaries mm. and not do this this kind of tipping performance. Yeah. Do you, do you, what do you think of that? Um, I think that. Um, it's been a really interesting a guy called Danny Meyer who's um, a restaurateur in New York he's the founder of Shake Shack mm-hmm. he tried to do this in America and um, he tried to do a thing called Service Included um, and um, he, it was pre-COVID uh, he did it for I think two years uh, in two of his restaurants maybe maybe a few more I'm not quite sure um, and um, he found that um, can, it, this is a US consumer US consumers and the US staff didn't enjoy it as much and they felt like um they were earning less. Storekit, the mobile ordering system, sometimes sell ourselves on the fact that people are likely to tip more when they order via mobile, particularly in wet-led venues. But surely nobody could have a better idea of how technology is affecting tipping trends in the UK than James from TipJar himself. Recently we commissioned um, a, uh, a bit of research uh, with Cam Media um, and um, 80 4% of staff said they don't understand how their tipping system works and they have no transparency of what goes on. Um, I think 76% of those people have questioned how their tips are calculated in the past and haven't had answers that they're happy with or understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, a really key one for us is that one in two customers, and this is a quite a large survey, it was like 750 people, one in two customers would change where they went to based on how transparent or how fair the tipping system was in that place oh, right. um, and fairness is a kind of such a subjective thing right but if you work in a, a bar or a, a restaurant somebody delivering a product a burger and a beer to someone on a Friday night doesn't just happen because mm-hmm. they're, they're um, they've taken the order and they've taken it across to them and they've they had the great service someone's got to bring the meat in make the burger um, roll the barrel in clean the lines and I'm probably more of a purist in the sense that um, everyone in the business should touch helps deliver that product should get a share of the tip and um, the staff now they didn't before tip jar can Mm -hmm. now see every tip that came in where it came from what what platform it came from so if it's integrated to a pay at table solution they'll see it's come from there Uh, yeah how it's split between their colleagues and that transparency um breeds a culture where they can um, if a customer asks and trust me customers do ask if there's any operators listen to this and think oh customers don't ask they ask all the time um, and often say oh and then staff will have a if they don't know they'll have a kind of negotiation with the customer well if you've got cash I'd quite like cash because I know I can control it I can see it um, and that uh, breeds a kind of mistrust and there's, there's quite a bit of mistrust I think in the consumer world around how tips are handled Finally, I wanted to make James squirm, so I asked him which of his businesses he preferred, Brewdog or Tip Jar. You 
how do you think the kind of tech will affect tipping? How are you seeing it affect tipping? When we went back to the kind of origin of Tipjar itself as a product, mm-hmm. the reason I kind of discuss, I'm an operator at heart, that's why I, I run hospitality venues and I have done my entire life and that's where my passion lies. Um, we discovered the product by turning a BrewDog bar cashless um, and that's where we saw the pain point. Yeah. Um, and that's where we saw our minimum, like our very first product, which is a QR code web-based tipping platform. Since then, um, the world's turned upside down three or four times, right? Um, we're seeing more and more consumers, especially on the kind of order and pay process, um, want to control the transaction. Um, and yeah, the whole reason we designed Tipjar as, as we did was that we could add in multiple sources of income. So we've got a great um, integration with StoreKit. We also have hardware devices. Um, yeah, um, we're integrated to at table PDQ machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason to do all those integrations was that we believe that the direction of travel probably in a 10-year period is pretty much all to consumers' devices. Yeah. Um, at least high 90% to consumer devices on how that interaction happens. Um, and But you'll most likely pay, order, or part of that, um, uh, particularly pay on your device. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, and I've got to give you the answer. I can never not see myself uh, being involved in running a day-to-day hospitality operation. I love the challenges that it brings. Like I love it when things go wrong. More, more uh, things go wrong in hospitality than technology. Uh, that's what I'm hearing there. No, 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 not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, like, like, but um, I'm, probably, I'm probably better able to fix it in, in hospitality than I am technology because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sadly not a coder. I wish, I wish I'd learned. So the reason I started Tipjar, it's never about money. Um, it was purely about, I was, I started as a bartender in this industry. I went to university. I ended up getting a career in hospitality that I never, ever planned to have. I found myself in a situation where um, many years on, I traveled the world I'd met loads of great people around the world. Um, I'd experienced cultures. I'd opened bars in Ohio and Brisbane, and I felt like I owed something to the industry that treated me so well to fix a problem. Mm-hmm. And no matter who's listening to this and whatever they think about tipping, tipping is a fundamental problem of how things work in, in the hospitality industry. Bringing transparency and fairness to that is something that I think I could... Um, spend my le- rest of my life dedicated to because I'm really passionate about it. Um, there'll come a time where um, if both businesses are trajectory, there'll come a time where I have to make a decision. I That would be a decision that's very, very difficult for me because I love both businesses. That was Served With Podcast and you've been listening to James from both Brewdog, the iconic bar and the biggest craft beer buyer in the UK, and from Tipjar, the company revolutionizing the way that we give tips and providing certainty to the consumers and staff that tips are transparent and fair. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like and to subscribe. The reason that people on podcasts and YouTube say that is because sadly it makes all the difference to the visibility of this podcast and our business. Thank you very much for listening to the episode. But finally, I want to expand on StoreKit and tipping. User experience is a software term which refers to the study of how people interact with products and behave with them. In some cases, we've raised tips by as much as 400%, but maybe your business would be more similar to Slap and Pickle, the burger joint, which found that their tips increased by 80% when using StoreKit. To quote the MD of Slap and Pickle, James, our sites which use StoreKit get 80% more than the ones which do not. Please don't tell our staff. 
It's no wonder that James has rolled out Stalkit to a further three of his sites with plans for the remaining four later this year. Stalkit also integrates directly with Tipjar, so you can email us at venues at stalkit.com and ask about getting started with either or both software products today. Thanks.